You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 164, with Dorrance Constant. And today we're starting Scared on the Road to Constant Living. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. And today, we are paying it forward in a huge way with our feature guest, Dorrance Constant. Wait until you hear this story. Unbelievable. This conversation right here is everything that embodies living a life of abundance and having an abundant mindset from start to finish. I seriously admire everything that Dorrance has done in his own life for himself and for his family. And then he takes it even further and starts paying it forward, living the life of abundance that I always describe and doing so much for so many other people. It just fires me up so much and I'm so looking forward to introducing you to Dorrance. But guys, again, before I introduce you to Dorrance, before I introduce you to our future guest today and get into this amazing conversation... I want to be sure that you're not practicing a scarcity mindset by keeping this all of this information to yourself. You know, I believe it's a lie that information is power. Information is only power when it's shared. And you're going to be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing this episode and sharing Men of Abundance with everyone you come in contact with, or like I would say, at least the ones you like. They are going to come back and thank you for introducing you to Men of Abundance, or at least some way, somehow, it's going to come back to you. That's how it works. When you pay it forward, you get much back in return. So make sure you share Men of Abundance. You can do that in so many ways, and it all depends on where you're listening to this. So if you're listening on iTunes or on your podcast player, there's a share button. Just use the share button and share it in a text, share it in a Facebook message, share it on Facebook, on Twitter, whatever it is you want to do. If you're listening to this on Facebook, share the post. Or if you're listening to it on the website, copy the link and share the post. However you feel more comfortable sharing it, just make sure you share this information with other guys. And leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really boosts us up so other people can find us organically and find these amazing conversations here at Men of Abundance. And guys, don't forget you can join our Men of Abundance community and get in on the conversation by going to menofabundance.com forward slash members or just click on the members tab at the top of any of the pages at menofabundance.com. I look forward to seeing you in the group and having these conversations with you. Now, let me introduce you to Dorrance Constant. Dorrance Constant is an entrepreneur with an awesome little family, beautiful family. They've been traveling around the world nonstop since January 2017. They've made a point this year to live out their dreams. But the story surely doesn't start there. Dorrance is going to share his conversation with us on where he came from and how he got to where he's at today. But basically, Dorrance has been in jobs he's hated, just like many of you have. Or maybe some of you still do. He has been depressed. He has been way over his head in debt. 
and he has felt stuck in a bad situation. Dorrance knows how it feels to be down on your luck. But he got through it and he freed himself to a point to where he wants to help others. Why? He loves seeing people who are not where they want to be transition to be who they are excited to be. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Dorrance Constant. Dorrance, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. How, how about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I've, I've uh, got a pretty busy morning, but I'm excited to be talking to you and a couple other amazing folks here uh, following up after you. All right, fantastic. Looking forward to it. Cool. So where are you at in the world? Right now, I'm actually in Medellin, Colombia. Nice. I have, uh, let's see, I went to Colombia many, many years ago, but I didn't get off the tarmac. <laughs> we were on our way to Bolivia and uh, we had to stop. This is a funny story, actually. It just dawned on me. I just thought about this and I knew you're in Colombia, but um, we actually stopped there. I was in a C-130. I was in the army and we loaded a whole pallet. We had to break it down because we didn't have room for the pallet of literally, no joke, Juan Valdez coffee. And we tucked it each box <laughs> into little nooks and crannies and then took off onto um, Bolivia. I guess the pallet's were making some purchases or something. I don't know. I was a young soldier at the time, so I didn't question it. Oh, really? Really? Okay. <laughs> that's, that's my that's my mem my remembrance of uh, Colombia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Juan Valdez uh, coffee is a huge deal here. They've got shops all over the place. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So before we get too much into the show here, Darns, what I really like to do is start out the show basically the same way I start every single morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today? Well, I've, I feel like I've got so much to be grateful for while right now, but um, you know, one of the main things right now I'm just really excited about and grateful for is to be doing what I love to do most, um, which is really share what I've learned with others. Um, and hopefully make another person's journey in life uh, that much easier, that much better, um, so they can learn a lot from my mistakes. Um, I get a lot of joy from that. Um, um, hence why I, I agreed to be on this uh, on, on your podcast. Yeah, and that's exactly why I wanted you on the show, because that's exactly what I'm up to, too. As a matter of fact, we have to give a shout out to the man who introduced you and I, which is Michael Conley. Oh, Michael Conley, he's he's an amazing guy who's doing some amazing things. So I definitely appreciate that connection because um, now I even started listening to your podcast and you've got some great episodes on there. Really love it, what you're doing there. Oh, wow. I really appreciate that. Yeah, him and I had a conversation and we had been on each other's calendar for quite some time and then finally got a chance to talk about a week or so ago. And he said, as soon as we got done with the show, he said, I got somebody you absolutely have to talk to, whether you get them on your show or not. And I know you've got a, an amazing uh, podcast coming up here pretty soon, too. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. But before we got started here, I talked a little bit about what you've done professionally and what you're doing. But we really like to get a little bit more personal. We like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, get a little bit more personal with us. Share with us a little bit more about who you are, what got you down to Columbia, and a few things like that. And um, we'd love to get a little bit personal here. Well, sure. Uh, uh, I, I'm originally from Haiti. Uh, that's my heritage. I was raised in South Florida. Um, uh, my parents came here really looking to have a, a better life and, and break some of the generational issues we had of, of things such as poverty and, and uh, not having an abundance of opportunities. 
Um, so I've been here since I was three years old. Um, uh, went to college here, um, here in Florida, and upon graduating college, decided I was going to be a, a, a Wall Street titan. <laughs> and uh, I, I ended up working for a, a few, in, a couple of investment banks. I, I did a stint at Goldman Sachs. I did a stint at uh, Merrill Lynch um, up in the Northeast. And uh, and even was a finance analyst for Johnson Johnson. And one thing I learned uh, while living in Northeast is I was not uh, going to be <laughs> a Wall Street titan. Uh, I, I I really didn't like like the work. Um, and but over the years, I've of course the next few years, I've I've, I've figured some things out. Um, and I, I learned I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um. And uh, I, I did that. I've, I've been doing that for the last several years. I've, I've owned Cricket Wireless stores. And in the last year or so, I've sold my stores and um, decided to take my family around the world for about a, um, a, a year or so. And we've been traveling through Asia, um, uh, Europe, and uh, now we're here in Colombia and have decided now to stay. Um, but there's definitely been a lot of ups and downs in between that. But I just wanted to give you guys like a high level um, what's been going on with me. Yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely going to get into those downs and the kick in the gut moment. I know you got a must have a few with everything that you've done everywhere you've been so far in life. Why? What is it about Colombia that has made you want to stay there with your family? Wow. Uh, Medellin, I'm actually specifically in Medellin, Colombia now. And uh, I had no idea much about this place and, 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 instead of uh, if a few blogs that I read and I actually had a friend that came down here and um, decided to stay himself and what I've learned and why we're here is this is a place where the weather is incredible um, you're, you're talking about year-round weather between 75 to maybe 80 degrees um, every day um, the, you've got first world uh, um, amenities and accommodations for third world prices so i mean anything you can imagine that you'd have back home in the states we've got it here um but for uh 75 percent less most of the time wow. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah it, it's incredible uh, the people here are just so nice it's unbelievable sometimes some of the things that they just go out of their way to help strangers like myself um get done for instance if i'm just standing at a corner just looking around um trying to figure something out i'll at least have three people come up to me and ask me can they help me you know get to x place or if, if i'm lost mm. uh um there's that there's you know amazing culture here there's amazing food and um yeah every, everything just culminates to a place where uh, we've decided to stay and on top of that it's only about a, a three-hour flight back to south florida where i'm from mm-hmm um, to if I ever need to do some business, close a deal, or, or see family, I can be down there and, and, and really quickly. Wow. Now, that's very impressive. And see, guys, this is what I'm talking about, about getting outside of your comfort zone, doing things you wouldn't normally do. And I was just working on a chapter in my book on this very thing, and I'm, and I'm you know, getting out of your norm. Even myself, I'm thinking about what you're saying here, and... In my mind, I'm thinking the only thing that I know of Columbia really is, one, the coffee, as I just talked about, 
And two, the stuff that I see on TV with in all the movies and all the drug lords and all the, you know, killings and all this kind of stuff going on down there. And it's so far from the truth. And I found this throughout my travels throughout the world that, yeah, there are some heinous people all over the world. But we try to have, you know, Hollywood and the media and, you know, so many other things, just stories that we hear as we're growing up in life that about certain places and we're fearful of it and we stay away from it when, as it turns out, it's an amazing place to be. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Wally. I'll tell you this much to so just add to that point. My whole perception of Medellin in Colombia really came, it came from just the show Narcos and Pablo Escobar. And uh, that that was the only image I had of this place. So even coming down here with my family, had it not been for a, a few friends who'd already been here and, you know, told me a lot of what to expect, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have ever gone here. <laughs> it yeah. was never on my radar. Mm -hmm. And you know, now having having taken that leap and you know, allowing myself to be uh potentially uncomfortable and coming here and, and just being thrilled that I can have an opportunity to live in a place like this, um and and go beyond what have, the media has fed me and take take something and give it my own opinion. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of let's take let's bring this home a little bit, too, because this is something that uh, based on what you just said, make my own opinion. When I go into a new work area or I'm going to even when I was going to a school or something like that and they'd say, oh, that teacher's an ass. You know, you're not going to like this dude. He's this, that and the other. And I'm like, well, OK. Or that employee is this, that and the other that I'm getting ready to inherit as a, as a boss as a supervisor. And I'll say, okay, I appreciate that. Thanks for the feedback. I'm going to go ahead and make my assessment on my own on either case. And generally it's, it's really the way they acted towards you, towards that individual that's sharing that information with me. Sometimes it's true, but many times it's not the, it's the end of other individuals perception and the way that they colluded with that individual, either as a supervisor or as a student or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. A, a person can only give you um, their own perspective or advice based on, on, on their level of consciousness. And that mm -hmm. you just can only take that with a grain of salt. 100%. Absolutely. You just summed it up really great there. So how long did how long did you live in Haiti before you moved to Florida? I lived in Haiti until I was uh, three years old. So uh, <laughs> these are memories I don't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I know you've got a lot of stories and stuff like that. I asked that because I've recently been studying poverty. And the, the, the reasons for poverty and how to help poverty, how poverty doesn't need help, you know, and I'm talking about some of these developing countries as a whole, even from the individual to developing countries. And I'm learning so many things and, and Haiti consistently comes up in a lot of these case studies and that, you know, just one thing, for instance, that it really stuck in my mind was really an aha moment was like years ago. Rice used to, people used to eat rice in Haiti two to three times a week and there were rice farmers and they were doing pretty well and they were doing okay. But then all of these other organizations, well-meaning organizations from all over, not just the United States, but other countries would come in and just bring in loads and loads of rice. And then what the after effect of that was that nobody really noticed or thought was going to happen was you put the guys who had these rice farms out of business now people eat rice two to three times a day because it's free. And the same thing concept has happened with free shoes, free clothing, 
and so on and so forth. And it's just taken, it's taken my, I'm, I'm trying to learn a little bit more about this whole concept and, and, and poverty and, you know, how to help people. And to me at this point, and I love what you're doing. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because one of the most amazing ways to help people is to connect them with other people. Uh, and that's why cell phones are such a huge uh, help in developing countries is because it connects them with each other uh, in commerce and in personal life as well. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And it's, it's 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 a very interesting point that you bring up. Um, and, and, and one of the reasons why I think a lot of us are doing these kind of shows is we're, we're really wanting to not just give something to someone in in the physical form but actually give them the ability to to think um to be able to develop whatever it is that they want in life um because sometimes when we're just giving things to folks we're we're at many we're sometimes um doing them an injustice right right um that can actually grow into um negatives that that we we didn't even think of Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And one of the documentaries I was watching, one of the companies that I've personally praised for the last year since I first heard of them, and I still do, they're doing great things, is is Tom's Shoes. Now, Tom's Shoes, for every shoe that you purchase that's purchased, another unit is given to a child in need. And now they got these hundreds and, I don't know, maybe thousands of shoes going into a developing community. And the after effect of that is, yeah, great, you got these kids' shoes, but... Now they don't have to buy shoes. So the cobblers and the shoe stores in those that were in those areas now have to relocate to Europe or completely go out of business. And now what the founder, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the founder of Tom Shoes, what I understand they're doing now since they realized this, because the, they were talking to somebody specifically in Haiti, and they said, this is the effect of it. We love the idea that people want to help, but that's not the way to help, to just give us stuff because we want to become independent, not dependent as a nation and as a people. And so now what I understand that they're doing is they're actually helping people um, start their own business and start their own distributing uh, process within those countries uh, to actually help them grow, like you were just saying, help them be add value to their community as opposed to just receiving they're also able to give and earn yep you know and and earn a living for themselves which is ultimately what they want to do totally totally um that that makes complete sense yeah yeah and you know these are just it's like you said we do these shows i have these conversations with guys like yourself because i want a deeper level of understanding I want to be able to really help and not cause more harm. Uh, as a medic, as an army medic, one of our biggest things was always we're going to you know, do what we can for our patients and not cause further harm. Uh, so it's not an easy thing to do sometimes. Right. So, you know, all the things that you've mentioned already, you've traveled, you've done a lot of things, you're an entrepreneur, you're helping countless people um, along the way. Every one of us, whether we're entrepreneurs or not, or just, you know, living our life, daily lives, we all have those kick in the gut moments. And here we like to highlight this a little bit here on Men of Abundance because we like to point out the fact that all of us have these kick in the gut moments. It's what we do afterwards uh, with our experience that really makes us the abundant leader that we really want to be. So if you could share one of those kick in the gut moments with us and really make us feel that. Well, sure. Uh as I was telling you, I, I worked in, I had some corporate posts before I became an entrepreneur. And I th- one of the ones that was, 
you know, really stood out is when I was working for Johnson & Johnson, um, I, I really wanted this opportunity to become a finance analyst with them. They had an incredible program that was going to, you know, propel me into a level of leadership within the firm um, very quickly. Um, when I got the job, um, it, when I finally got the job, uh, I, with about four to five months of me getting this job, uh, Wally, I was already being threatened to be fired. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and now keep in mind, this, this, I'd gotten this job not, not too long after graduation. This was during the recession. This is during the time where uh, people weren't getting jobs in my field of finance. Um, in fact, folks were getting laid off, and even companies like Lehman Brothers were closing, you know, some of the giants. Um, and I, to get this job, I'd, I'd, I'd traveled um, to a conference, networked. I, I mean, I did so many things to even be in this position. Um, um, and then within four months of being there, I was already being threatened to be terminated. I can tell you it was a very devastating moment for me. Um, I, I felt like um, I wasn't adequate. I felt like... Um, uh, that I was a failure, that I was trying, you know, really hard, but wasn't really getting there. Um, and even in that moment, I started having images of of uh, losing my job and not being able to pay for my apartment, having these just negative, dark images of what were going, what was going to happen to me. Have I got, for instance, if I got fired, I wasn't going to be able to get another job in, in, in that space because I couldn't, you know, get a referral. So, um, and at a certain point in time, I did even become clinically depressed, Wally. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, it, it was hard, man. It was really hard. Um, and, and truth, truth be told, I was eventually, um, fl- fired and, what happened, though, in that moment was, and, and through that process, um, is a number of things, okay? I, I, re- I started being honest with myself and really determining what I really wanted to do um, with, with my life, okay? Because I really was honest. I said, you know what, the real, the real reason I wanted that opportunity, Wally, is because I was doing it for the money, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, you know, I wanted to, you know, earn a certain amount. I'd come from a certain background that wasn't as privileged, and I wanted to do it for the money. And one of the reasons I wasn't so great at it is because I didn't really have a passion in it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, th- that that was one. Um, two. Frankly, I hated being in the Northeast because it was cold, it was dreary. The winters were horrible. I never even had a winter in in the Northeast before. Um, and I want, and I'm coming from Florida, <laughs> the sunshine all year state. Um, so I had to take a moment and really be honest with myself. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in doing so, I had to. I started mapping out what I really wanted to do in life. Um, what I wanted, what I wanted my life to look like, look like in years later, um, and I, I, I read a book, and I wish I could tell you that book, but it, it talked about take uh, what we should probably do with our lives is taking our uh, our talents, matching them up with our passions, and matching them up with hard work that we're willing to put in to achieve a vision. And I did, and I mapped out those three things, and I made a decision that this world that I had been pursuing just for the money wasn't going to bring the value to my life that I was looking for. So I, 
I shot down to South Florida, um, and I took a, a role as a as a salesperson for J.P. Morgan Chase, and because it matched what I love to do, I still liked um, finance investments. I still like I was talented in sales, and I and I had a passion for persuading people, you know. Um, and I did that, and I did that really well for about a year and a half, and and was very successful at it. Um, and towards the end, I started. I started. Uh, the company decided that they weren't going to um, keep paying us the kind of pay they gave us previously. They actually dropped down our pay um, significantly, and and it forced me to reassess some things. And that that moment of that kick in the gut moment, as you call it, was me realizing that despite what I do, working when I work for folks, I can't control. Or it's way more difficult for me to control um, what I'm going to get out of this situation. Okay. So once I realized that moment, I knew I had to make a change. Yeah. And so what was that change? It's my understanding that at that point, after talking with Michael, because he told me a little bit about your story, and I looked into it a little bit further as well. But then you started develop. You had some specific skills that it was cricket. What is it? Cricket Mobile that contacted you or something like that and then you started um started those that franchise how'd that all work out am i getting that completely wrong so what what actually happened was uh while i was still working at jp morgan i because i was i was so frustrated um that i put so much work into this place and that uh um i was in a space where um they cut commissions i'd gotten a new boss that new boss wasn't you know pushing me up for the promotion that i thought i was going to i deserved um, one day, man, I just decided that, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to go to work and, uh, cause I was just so distraught and I'm just going to figure out how other people are making money. Cause I, I always knew I wanted an entrepreneur, but I wasn't sure when I was going to do it, but it was always something in me. So, um, I, 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 I on that day off that I took, I started going to different, um, you know, stores and, and flea markets and businesses, just trying to gather up ideas, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and one idea came to mind as I was just going to different places of was cell phones and how cell phones uh, were such a big deal in the markets that I, the international markets that I had been traveling to. And not just a big deal, but that uh, no, the no contract space um, in other countries was thriving. Whereas here in the States, we were still on contract. We're still giving folks our social security number for those things. So I said to myself, you know, if America being one of the you know largest economies is not doing what the Western world is doing yet, eventually it'll be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I surveyed the market um, and I reached out to a small company that was just penetrating uh, the U.S. market. Um, for the no contract cell phone space, they were offering no contract cell phones for uh, uh, a third of the cost of you know the bigger players. And um, I reached out to them, and they actually gave me, believe it or not, they gave me a contract to sell their services without me having a store, without me having to put any capital up, except for about twenty dollars to buy the SIM cards, and said, "Hey, go for it, man! You can just start selling our services." Wow. Yeah, and I, yeah, it was incredible. So what I did was uh, I, I started selling them 
outside of work in random parking lots out of work um, to some of my customers. I say, hey, if I save you some money here on your investment or make you money here, um, I've got another opportunity for you. So after work, we'd meet up. I'd sell them cell phone service. Um, and I did that for about a month. And, and I had some small successes, but it were enough to motivate me to believe I could open a store. And I reached out to my mother who told me that, you know, my uncle had a storefront and he'd be willing to rent half of it to me for about $300 a month, which was great because I didn't have much capital. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, he rented the store out to me. And uh, uh, to be honest with you, though, before I even could commit to the yes, I I was still very afraid to even jump out and do this because my thoughts were, man, I, 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 Though I'm not liking what's going on here at work, I've got a stable job. Yeah, yeah, I hear that a lot. You know, you know, I've I've got a stable job. Um, there's at some point in time, the tra- trajectory could change, um, and at least I'm at least something safe here, right? Yeah. Um, but you know what? Uh, as I though I was still afraid. In, 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 in doing this, something in me still wanted more than I had already. And I had and I just started to kind of just paint the worst case scenarios for myself. Had I if I did this business and things didn't work out and I also pointed the best case scenarios if I did this business and things worked out. Mm-hmm. My my worst case scenario was if this thing didn't work out, I could always get another job somewhere eventually. Right. My my best case scenario is this thing ex- worked out so well and I would actually be able to live the dreams I wanted to live. And I decided and I thought to myself, what would happen? How would I feel if if I just ha- if I never did this and just stayed at home and I mean stayed at what I had? And I thought to myself, you know what? I'd really regret this. Absolutely. Yeah. And that would have been the biggest one for me personally. That would have been the biggest one, that what if factor. If what if I had never wanted to be that guy, you know, later on in life saying, what if? Right. So I made the decision to just start scared. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's very common. I, I hear that so often from so many other people who, you know, stepped out of their job or, you know, many, many scenarios, but all basically it came down to the same thing, that little bit of security that they had, even though the track record proved to them that, you're really not as secure as you think you are. It's an illusion, uh, especially they had just recently lowered your income. So that was a key in itself right there. That's the reason why you started looking for something else to begin with. Then you find something that's working and you know you can do, and all you got to do is invest a little bit more time and a tiny little bit of money uh, that you had. You had a great opportunity to jump at it, and you were still on the fence going, what if – it doesn't work, but it is working. So I get it, man. I totally get it. And a lot of other guys out there do too. And all I can say is, you know, take that jump, take that leap. Eventually you can get another job. Like Dorrance just said, man, that's just amazing, amazing story. Yeah. So, so I, I decided to start scared and I, I, I opened up the shop with my budget was about you know, I, which was about $3,000 in total. And if you know anything about the cell phone industry, that's nothing. Nowadays, it's about three iPhones in total, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I, I started this little shop and I didn't know, I'll tell you all, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, I didn't know about cell phones. The average consumer knew more about cell phones about than I did. And I was opening a business. <laughs> and so I... Uh, 
I, I, I dedicated myself to really learning the craft. Um, and within, and I'll tell you this much though, within about a few months, we started getting customers and I was doing way better than I even thought I would, I was going to do. Um, I was getting, we were actually making money. Imagine that. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it was such an, it was such an amazing feeling to have people leave their homes and, and, and actually come to my store and bring me money. Uh, I couldn't believe it. And uh, within about uh, within the first year, I'm thinking to myself because I was making more money than I ever thought I'd, I'd, I'd be making in that time and or had made before, even at any of my jobs, frankly. Um, so I started thinking of expansion and I was going to, uh, you know, open a few more stores, get on some investors, etc. And as I was doing that, um, AT&T uh, reached out to me, let me know they were launching a new brand and um, they wanted me to be one of their first uh, 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 partners in South Florida to launch that brand. And so they gave me an exclusive license, which, which is a total of one of eight to open stores all across um, the nation. Hmm. Uh, and I was floored um, and, and they, that they reached out to me and somehow heard of my little success and decided that I would be one of the folks to um, you know, launch their, their new brand. That is really interesting. And you know what? It just dawned on me, too, and this happens is <laughs> I talk to so many people. I recently, I live out here in Hawaii, and I, live in, uh, I lived in an area called Iroquois Point. I was out on the beach, and I was um, getting some stuff. I needed this little – my wife was looking for a, like a dog kennel type of thing. And the guy that I – he put it up on the Facebook buy, sell, trade stuff. And the guy that I was talking to that was selling it was relocating back to Arizona, which is my home state. And he had uh, cr- he had started several cricket uh, other t- types of businesses and a franchise, and he was doing very well. In fact, he where he was at before he came here to Hawaii, they called him and said, "Hey, if you he put his name on a list, I guess, to open up stores in Hawaii." So they called him one day and said, "Hey, go ahead if you're willing to open up in Hawaii, you got to be there in two weeks." And we're going to have three stores on the Big Island. And he just packed up and left and went and did that. Then now he recently sold those and he's going to Arizona to open up a few more stores. So it's definitely a, a you know a lucrative way to go even still today. Um, but you were just put in the right positions. I call that divine intervention, man. I mean, you were put in the right places in the right time and made the right decisions. And you just made decisions. Let's put it that way. It could have been the wrong decision, but you made a decision. And, you know, look at where you're at now. Yeah, I tell you this, and it, you're, you're right about that because even when um, that opportunity came about, I was still nervous um, because um, you know I was making a decision as to whether I wanted to do it on my own or um, or which I'd have complete freedom or go under a franchise. Um, but after weighing the options, I said to myself, "This is a billion-dollar company that's going to be backing me. Do I want to compete with them, or do I want to <laughs> join?" <them?" laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I decided to join, and it was a great decision at the time. We, um, I opened my first store um, with the funds that I had, and um, and AT and T even worked out a deal where um, they 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 called it market development funds, but they allowed they pushed uh, about thirty thousand dollars. Um, into my first door, and that's how you know bad they wanted to um, develop the market, and so they g- actually gave me money to start the stores, right? And this wow. is not a loan. Yeah. Um, so I did. I opened one door because um, that's all I had the funds enough to do, 
and we did really well. Um, I mean, fantastic. In fact, um, we did so. The numbers we were doing in our first uh, four or five months of business are the kind of numbers they expected a, a mature store that had been open for about two or three years. Um, so, in in, in that uh, that attracted some some attention, and it attracted some investors uh, who who decided they wanted to invest in the business with me, and we opened a few more doors throughout South Florida. And so these several doors were also doing well, and, and, I, and I know they were doing well because of the experience I had from my previous first store called Constant Mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and uh, I did that for, for about another three to three or four years, and uh, uh, at, at, towards the end, um, to be candid, I started lo- losing the passion for the business um, mm-hmm. and wanted to do something I felt was, was more inspiring for myself and more exciting uh, problems that, to solve problems that I wanted to solve. Um, and so what I ended up doing um, was this thinking, deciding whether I wanted to sell the business or not. And, and, and then it goes to that same moment of being afraid because I had a bit <laughs> Because of the security, right? I had a mm-hmm. business that was that was doing really well. Um, it, it it was financially stable, but it wasn't allowing me to travel around the world and live a location independent business, and also um, and also be in a space where um, my wife uh, could spend also more time at home because she had her job. Um, so it, I had to decide, you know, what, what did I really want back to that space of, of just, you know, fictional security mm-hmm. or, or, or living my best life and doing what I wanted to do out of it. So I had to make a choice then. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, in 2015, when I thought of it, I decided not to do that. I t- decided to live the safe life and I kept the business for a year longer than I think I was supposed to. Um, <laughs> and... It wasn't until that Latin, the next year and mid, I mean, the third quarter of 2016, I garnered enough in, um, courage to sell the business because I was at a point where I said, "Man, I've got to live the, this kind of life." You know, what's the point of, uh, of 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 doing this much work if you can't live the life that you want to live? You know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then a lot of people make that point, get to that point, and realize they're not living the life they want to live, but they just live the rest of their life pissed off and die a miserable individual and you know I'm, I'm painting it a little bit worse than what it really is but the fact of the matter is they didn't live the, the way they wanted to and they end up being that grumpy old man sitting on the front porch yelling at the kids to get off their lawn type of thing <laughs> that's just my <laughs> little analogy that i i think of that i don't want to be that guy you know what i'm saying absolutely so how did constant the constant living show it's getting ready to launch here pretty soon how did the constant living show come about and by the way i mean how do you end up with a name like constant and then you have the constant mobile and the constant living that's just amazing my name's wally carmichael i couldn't do that that's why i have men of abundance man (laughs) (laughs) so the way that came about is uh when i finally got the courage to sell the business i i we you know my my wife and i decided hey we wanted to live around the world and so we gave ourselves a date um, four months later to be able to sell the business, pack up all our things, put things in storage, lease the house, sell the cars, and we were going to be in Thailand in a four months, and we're going to live around the world from starting from Thailand and beyond. And uh, and and part of what I was telling you before is I wanted to you know I wanted to solve problems that I like solving, and 
a passion of mine is actually helping people. Um, and I wanted to find an avenue to do that. And that's where Constant Living came about. And with, through Constant Living, I plan on helping people to um, live the life that they truly want to live, but also give them practical steps on, of, of doing so. So I, I'm, I'm a huge uh, advocate of lifestyle design. Mm -hmm. this, is, uh, this is creating a lifestyle um, where your work revolves around your lifestyle versus your lifestyle revolving around your work, okay? So that's um, not just waiting for the weekend to enjoy yourself. That's not having to miss important moments of your life, for, you know, friends, maybe friends and family um, because of work. That's uh, um, living around the world if you choose. Um, so creating a lifestyle that, again, allows you to focus on your lifestyle and the work that you do will support it but it's not the focus, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm 100% I'm with you, man. Okay. And then uh, with constant living, I'm teaching people how to think better. Because I believe, Wally, when you think better, you're going to do better. Okay? Because mm -hmm. um, basically, our, our life, our, the reality of our life, I think, all starts with thought, right? Because, because our thoughts become our actions and our, our actions becomes our decisions. Um which in turn become our results and our life is manifested from there. So if we can start thinking better, uh, we'll, we'll do better in our life. And part of my constant living is going to be breaking down, deconstructing the thought process of folks who have what we want. So we can utilize their thoughts to implement them in our life and live that better life. And then the third part of constant living is uh, I, I'm, I'm highlighting realist investing um, and online business as means to have a lot of that freedom that we want in life because I think those two businesses are very unique in that they provide location independence, uh, residual incomes, um, and an opportunity to make a, a, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, um, and add a lot of value to other people's lives. And add, also add a lot of value to other people's lives. So it's like we're, we're, we're hitting a lot of points that a lot of us want in life. Mm -hmm. um, without having to have a huge compromise on the type of lifestyles that we want to live. Man, I love it. Absolutely love it. So, Lawrence, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? All right, let's do it. Outstanding. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. One to three actionable steps. The first thing I've got to say is you've got to have a vision, Okay. Take that time and set up that vision for your life. I see a lot of folks who are just living but don't have that vision. Once you have that vision, take the steps, write down that vision, and create actionable steps to achieve that vision. And, it, and even highlight the resources that you don't have and commit yourself to be resourceful. Um, as once you, though you don't have that thing in your life right now, you can go out and get it. Um, there's, there's no lack of resources. There's a lack of resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we're talking on this abundance mentality is, is we're enhancing your mentality to realize that there are an abundance of resources. You just have to get rid of that scarcity mindset, get out of your comfort zone and go get it. Absolutely. So what daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life? You know, the daily habit that's made a huge impact in my life is taking a moment before my day and visualizing what success is going to look like. Um, 
and on top of that, in, envisioning some of the things that could derail it and how I'll handle it um, in my emotional state. Because once I can anticipate those things, when those things come forward, which many times they do, sometimes they don't, I can handle them just as the bad just as I would handle the good. So when they come forward, I don't lose my temper. I just can be more fluid in the success of my day. Man, I dig that. Absolutely lovely. So what are you reading or listening to that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders and why? Um, the best book that I'm reading right now is, uh, well, it just wrapped up is Seth Godin's Tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a book about um, creating um, a tribe of people around you that that you can lead to achieve um, the, the, what you want to achieve in life that will help also other people. It's like a movement. Um, I believe um, great things are not just done by one person. They're done, done by many people. And that book um, really teaches a lot of practical steps on how to um, build a tribe that's going to support your movement and really get things done. Yep, yep. It takes a it takes a village for sure. So, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance, Darns? I think, in my experience, the, what holds people back is that that fear. Um, that and that fear many times comes from ourselves. That that fear that is inside that is saying you're not adequate enough. You don't have enough resources. Why you? It should maybe it should be someone else. Once we have, once we're able to minimize that voice and conquer that voice, um, we're able to do great things because we have all that we need already. It's just going out there and manifesting it. So I think that's what holds a lot of people back. That's what held has held me back, and I make it a practice to. To, to minimize that voice and just push through it and start scared despite, you know, that scarcity mindset that we could sometimes have in our lives. Yeah. Uh, excellent. I'm glad you said that. And it's not easy by any means, but what does help, it helps me anyway, and I'll just put this on myself, is having somebody there, having an accountability partner, having a mastermind group of people that will, you know, know where I'm at in life and can help me push through it. Ultimately, I got to do it. But I always need that somebody there to kind of help me dissolve some of that fear and those inconsistent information that I'm just telling myself is uh, the reason why I'm not moving forward. So what does living – you've already mentioned it quite a few times and you've kind of – we're just going to bring it all in together uh, in this question. But what does living a life of abundance mean to you? You know what? Living a life of abundance is looking at the world – as a place of vast opportunity, um, vast um, uh, template to just provide value, okay? Not as a place that's can create it to, to bring me down. So once I started changing my, my thought process in that sense, the world has really opened up to me, man. Um, that perspective, because now I'm looking, any type of situation I look at, I see myself succeeding in it. In some way, shape, or form, it doesn't have to be the way I thought of it from the in, in the beginning. But I always succeed in some way, shape, or form, even when I fail, because I learn from that, those mm-hmm. moments. Wonderful, absolutely love that answer. Wonderful, one hundred percent. So we're going to close this up, Darns. Amazing conversation, just like I knew it would be, man. I appreciate all your uh, information and wisdom and your stories that you shared with us. What do we not talk about that you'd like to ensure our men of abundance gets out of our conversation? 
Sure, sure. I, I would love for folks to uh, follow my podcast. It's not launched yet. It's launching on November 20th of this year. Um, you can follow me at www.constantliving.com um, or Facebook at Constant Living. Um, I, I love to help folks, so yeah, definitely connect with me. Or even on my Instagram, constantlivingwithoutag.com. I mean, sorry, constantliving on Instagram. Excellent. We'll have all of that linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. Again, I really appreciate your time, man. And um, I look forward to talking with you much more because you and I have so much in common. We think so much alike. And uh, I look forward to hearing your show. Hey, Wally, it's been a pleasure being on your show. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to spread some of um, this message I've been wanting to get out there and help people. And I, I thank you for this show that you actually have out there that is giving people so much value in their lives. Um, really do. And, and again, it's a pleasure. My pleasure, man. Aloha. Aloha. Bye. Guys, I want to end you with this. If you do say what if or if you have ever said what if, answer the question by taking the action after the if. Do not let that if go to your grave with you. Live the ellipsis after the if. The ellipsis are those little three dots in case you don't know. <laughs> but seriously, don't be that grumpy old man at the end of your years, sitting on the porch, pissed off at all the young kids running around because they got so much, so much youth and so much potential in front of them, and then try to live vicariously through them or through somebody else. Live your life, man. You've only got one life. You've heard me talk about this before, the dash. The days that are on your gravestone, the day you were born and the day you died. There's a dash in there. Live your dash. It's what happens there that really makes a big difference in the people's lives that you leave behind. Because those are experiences that you're leaving behind with the people that you love and the people that love you. I want you to live today. And I want you to live your life of abundance and always pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.